1: Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
2: When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at
0: lower than low prices.
2: In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste or you get your money
0: back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone.
1: Let's go! This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSN, the sports
3: betting network.
4: Two of the Lombardi line coming at you on VEASAN and DraftKings Network alongside three-time Super Bowl-winning executive and strategist Michael Lombardi. Stormy Bonantoni with you this show, as always, presented by DraftKings. And with all of the craziness that we have had over the past week, I have one request. Can we have one day where no one gets fired, retired, or a game gets canceled? (laughs) We've got playoff football to talk about, Michael.
3: Yeah. Yeah, we still have the Buffalo game that's, I'm not sure what we're going to do with that. Just looking at the weather in Buffalo currently, I just read that Pittsburgh's planning on trying to fly in there later today. Uh, which might be an adventure because that Buffalo Airport looks like it's in Siberia not in New York. <laughs> I
4: saw Mike Garofalo, um and Tom Pellicero both tweeting about how you know in 2020 we had all of the postponements and changes due to COVID and that the, the what was it the Steelers game that got delayed three times against the Ravens they played that game on a Wednesday if we yeah. had to po- there's been talk about maybe having to postpone the game even from Monday I don't know how realistic yeah. that is Michael but if the if the weather dictates it. If mother nature says you can't do it, it's just not, not safe to bring people to the stadium at that point. Like, what do, what do you do? How does that change the schedule?
3: you know it's interesting you know if maybe they decide to look it's hard to travel into Buffalo it's hard to travel out of Buffalo so this is a logistics problem that's a nightmare because you can't move the game to Detroit which is they've done that in the past out of Buffalo because how do you get everybody out of the out of the city so you know this is going to be one of those situations where the team whoever wins the game is going to be on a short week no matter what happens right and so that's going to affect it Uh, but the safety of the people that attend the game, the people going to the game, the staff, all that has to come first because, look, football was never meant to be played this late in January. We are the 14th. It's halfway through January. Most of the time when we were on a 12-game schedule to a 14-game schedule, you know, the 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 season was over in december but now we're extending it which is a great thing for all of us but the weather's not gone doesn't think it's a great thing and cities like buffalo cleveland detroit if they had outdoor as they have outdoor stadiums it becomes prohibitive to play in some of this weather
4: yeah. It looks ugly out there today. Winds up to 60 miles an hour. Uh, the spread has gone back to 10 Buffalo lay in the double digit number total, however, ticked significantly up with those winds dying down from about 60 miles an hour today to what's expected to be around 30 tomorrow. So that total up from 33 and a half to 37 and a half, 38 across the board. And listen, we know that the weather can be an advantage for a lot of these teams. We saw it with Kansas city yesterday, Miami, uh, Warm weather, Florida team struggling out there in Arrowhead yesterday. They lose 26 to seven. And I said it earlier. I'll say it again. I've just been cold watching, watching that game, watching the videos that we've seen come out of these places.
3: I think what we learned from that game too is the fact that it's hard to tackle. If you're not used to tackling or or playing in that kind of weather, we take for granted tackling something that carries over it. Conditions don't matter. But it does. And I think we saw Miami's lack of really good tackling in the game affect them. Now Miami was you know behind the eight ball in the game with all their injuries particularly on defense. And then offensively we know that they were going to struggle with the weather conditions based on Tua's play in cold weather, based on their style of offense. But the tackling and their inability really to stop Rice from making big plays, keeping Mahomes in the pocket, and defending the run, I thought they would have done that a lot better. But, you know, that's their season. They started this rebuild five years ago in 2019. Now they're going to enter into another offseason after not having won a playoff game. And they got a lot of tough decisions, just like there's tough decisions in Jacksonville. is You're going to have to pay the quarterback but how much are you going to pay the quarterback? And how do you get the best deal for you when every quarterback seems to be making $50 million a year?
4: Yeah, and, and you know, ultimately, like given the options that are out there, they love Tua. They're going to pay Tua. It's just a matter of what that number ultimately is going to be. And again, one in six this year, the Miami Dolphins against playoff teams. Failed to score 22 points or more in any of those games. Uh, as for Patrick yeah. Mahomes, he now has 10 home playoff wins, Michael, which are tied for second with Joe Montana and Peyton Manning. Everybody's still just tra- chasing old old Tom there with his 21 home playoff wins. Whoa!
3: Yeah. Man. But I thought Mahomes played better yesterday. I thought he was willing to take the profits. He took the what what the, what the defense was willing to give him. He ran the football when he needed to. The two runs were really huge, especially they got down into the red zone. They didn't turn the ball over other than Hilaire's fumble late in the game. But for me, that was kind of the way they're going to have to play. It's not going to be pretty. They're going to have to settle for some field goals. But they're not going to play a team as as weak on the edges as the, as the Dolphins were because of their injury you know those tackles got away with it yesterday can they get away with it at the next round if it's Buffalo that's going to be the remains to be seen but one thing we knew for sure I mean in that weather what started on the game book said it was minus four to start the game Andy Reid called over 40 passes so you know weather's not going to stop Mahomes from throwing the football
4: might stop his helmet from operating properly, but uh, yeah, no, you're, you're dead on from that standpoint. And good on Rasheed Rice, the rookie out of SMU. Franchise rookie record for yards in a playoff game. Eight catches, 130 yards, and a touchdown for him. Travis Kelsey, seven catches, 71 yards. He, by the way, hasn't scored a touchdown in seven games, so we'll see if he can turn around the the scoring production back here in the playoffs. And let's go also to that, that Texans game, Michael, where you know from one rookie having success to another CJ Stroud lighting it up for yeah. 45 points. And granted, a pair of pick sixes on Joe Flacco certainly helped, but Stroud looked fantastic again.
3: He, he really did. And, and, you know, what he was able to do is he and Bobby Slovic did exactly what they needed to do uh, against a team like the, the Cleveland Browns, which hadn't played well on the road. They took Miles Garrett out of the game, didn't really impact the game, no pressure. They were able to win first down, get positive yards without having to run the football, right? They didn't have to run the ball to get, you know, they weren't in second and in, in long because they were able to take short throws. And then they made explosive plays, Stormy. I mean, they were able to have one play drop but they throw a flat route you know, and next thing you know it's a touchdown and over route to Dalton Schultz the tight ends really killed them in the game I mean Jordan's one catch for 76 yards Schultz has one catch for 37 yards both of them touchdowns those are killers you know and, and Nico Collins still continue to play well I was disappointed in the Browns secondary they did yeah. not play well their man to man coverage was not there and they couldn't make a play and let's face it Amari Cooper had 254 yards the first time they played he had five targets for 59 yards. Four catches for 59. They took him out of the game and we thought Njoku would be the main guy. He was. His over prop hit at 93 yards, but there was once they got behind and the turnovers occurred, it's tough to come back from that.
4: Yeah. And when you talk about the secondary, this Browns defense, we know for as good as their overall stats have been, they did really struggle on the road this year, but I feel like every time Nico Collins was getting the ball, he had like six feet of separation. There was nobody yeah. in, the, in the vicinity. And I just didn't expect that from this Browns defense, especially on this stage, knowing how good that they have been. Um, we're going to carry this into the next segment as well, but let's start looking at some of the wildcard games that are mm-hmm. coming up today. Yeah. The Dallas Cowboys, Michael, in my mind, have so much pressure on them this round. I've heard a lot of people calling for an outright upset from Green Bay today who's getting a touchdown in, uh, in Dallas for this one, total 50 and a half. How do you see things playing out today?
3: Well, you know, uh, what I try to do is always draw back on the matchup when it happened before, right? And so last year in week 10, we had this, this exact game. It was in Green Bay. And Jordan Love didn't play. But Aaron Rodgers, who wasn't great last year, played his best game. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was effective. And Aaron Jones, who's healthy now, was really effective. He had 24 carries for 138 yards in that game. And this Packer offense, which I think is actually better now than it was then, had a coming out party. Because remember, this was the game where Kristen Watson had four catches, three touchdowns, 107 yards. He was really good. C.D. Lamb, exceptional, had 11 catches for 150 yards. So, you know, I think to me, this is a game where both offenses are going to have to be in control of the game. I don't know if the defenses can. Green Bay's offensive line is very, very good at pass protection. They're able to keep the pocket clean, and these receivers are... Are much better than they were. Remember last year they had Lassard and Sammy Watkins to go along with Christian Watson. Now this year, you know, Reed has been a dynamic player. Dobbs is a good player. Wilkes they bring in off the bat. You know, he comes in. Wicks they come in. And so they've been very good. And Musgrave is a young rookie tight end. And then Jordan Love is actually throws it down the field well. And he's very accurate with the football. So this is a, a Green Bay offense that is peaking at the most perfect time to go against an offense that has peaked all year at home in the Dallas Cowboys.
4: Yeah, which is another reason why we talked about it earlier with Anthony DeBundo of the Action Network. This is it. Just feels like a game that both of these offenses are going to be able to do what they want to do. And for Jordan Love, his regular season finale for him, 84% completions, over 300 yards passing down the stretch. His final eight games, 18 touchdowns just one interception he's been tremendous and and this is a Cowboys team again Michael that has so much pressure on them to succeed in the playoffs because this has been the most Super Bowl ready team that we've seen from Dallas in a long time they are an eight to one shot to win the Super Bowl the second NFC team behind only Super Bowl favorite San Francisco to win it all who coincidentally has knocked Dallas out of the playoffs each of the last two years but I asked the question to Brian brought earlier but what do you think if they lose this game or if they lose in the divisional round, what could that mean for Mike McCarthy?
3: Oh, I think it's going to be trouble because I think, as Brian said, it Jerry's 82 years old. You know, they want to win now. They've been, been there. I mean, there's a generation of young kids. DeBundo, the kid we had on, Anthony, you know, they don't remember when the Cowboys were dominating. Right. You know, they, they, they've always been this. But here's, where, and we'll finish this in the next block, but we talk home and away splits for Dallas's offense. We do the same thing for Cleveland's defense. Dallas's offensive line struggles on the road because of the snap count, because of the other team. Green Bay has got to take advantage. This offensive line isn't what we believed it to be. Steel is a lo- vulnerability. Smith doesn't stay healthy the whole game, which is a concern. Tyron Smith. So they're going to have to do a great job of protecting against a Packer front that has talent but doesn't always play to the talent level.
4: We will continue to preview this game as well as Rams-Lions coming up later on this afternoon. Michael does have an official play in that game. Stick around. We're just getting started. Started hour two of the Lombardi line.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables.
3: This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy
1: Bonatone, on FeesN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: If you're looking for a betting edge through the NFL postseason and Super Bowl, our VEASAN experts have you covered. Become a VEASAN pro subscriber today. You'll get access to our daily best bets with a leaderboard to see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. Betting splits to show you where the money and bets are moving for every game, plus betting systems, premium analysis, and 24-7 video access. Sign up today and get your first 30 days for just $9.99 to see everything VEASAN has to up your betting game. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe to sign up now. Stormy and Michael Lombardi with you as we continue to break down all things Wild Card Weekend in about 15 minutes or so. We will have Chris Sims, former NFL quarterback, co-host of PFT Live. He's going to join us here on the program, but we'll continue carrying over a little bit of our conversation with the Packers and Cowboys from last segment, Michael, and our, our producer Elliot hitting us with this stat that since 1997, not only have the Cowboys struggled straight up just to win in the postseason, 3-12-1 and ATS in the playoffs. Dak Prescott 1-5 ATS TS in the postseason if they want to change that tune and win and win out margin against Green Bay today what needs to happen <sighs>
3: Well, they need to get control of the game, right? You need to be able, when you're playing against a really good offense, there's never a time where the lead is safe, right? Uh, look at the Seattle game, if you go back. I mean, the Washington game's 20 to 10 at the half when they played down there, and Washington then turned the ball over. They were they moved the ball, but they were never able, they finally got control of the game in the second half with their defense. This is going to be a little bit more of a challenge. They're going to have to play their best game defensively. They really are. And their offensive line is going to have to play really well. They're gonna to have to handle the front of the Cowboys the the Packers, like I mentioned, because this Packer front is played better in the last two weeks. Kenny Clark's a really good player. Rashad Gary coming off the edge is very good. With Quay Walker back now, they've been very good inside. Preston Smith, they they've got the young kid, Kingsley. And I can't say his last name from uh, South Carolina, number 55, an outstanding player. They can rush, right? They can put pressure. And the tackles for the Cowboys have been the weak link, particularly when they go on the road. Right, particularly when they go on the road, Dak starts to have more problems with protection, and that's gonna if it manifests itself today, the Packers can cover this touchdown line. So I think that's gonna be the key, and they've got to protect the ball. But one thing Mike McCarthy has done is he's come out and he's tried to establish the lead. And he's tried to play from in front, and he does it very effectively at home. This is the best team in the league in first half point differential, which is a key stat in football because it allows their defense to rush the pass, or it allows their defense to create a turnover. The problem is this Packer offensive line can protect and handle blitzes. Just ask Brian Flores, because when he tried to blitz every simple way, even though he was playing at home, the Packers would answer the bell and move the football. So for me, I think it's a hard game to to get control of because of the Packers' offense and their ability to strike quickly with these receivers. So and Love's ability to move create a second play. Um, this is going to be a back and forth game, and I and I don't think neither team is going to blink. I know Love's a young player, but we saw we saw what C.J. Stroud right. did as a young player. I mean, you know, I think sometimes we make a little bit more out of that than there really is. I, I and I think ultimately this is a situation where you're going to have to make a play in the kicking game, right? You're going to have to make a play in the kicking game. The Cowboys have the 12th best special teams in the National Football League. And so, you know, whereas the Cowboys put very little money into their kicking game. And so they're going to have to make a play, control field position, or find a way to make it. I mean, the Packers ha- have a hard time with that. The Cowboys do play well in the kick game. The Packers, not as much.
4: And it's interesting that you make the point about Jordan Love. And we heard D'Amico Ryan say of CJ, Stroud, the moment wasn't too big for him as a rookie playing on that stage, had success. Typically, it has not been great for quarterbacks making their first playoff start against quarterbacks who have playoff experience. 17, 35, and one ATS, 17 and 36 straight up. But Jordan Love also isn't a rookie. And yes, it's his first playoff start, but he's got experience the way that he's performed the back end of this season. You look at Dak Prescott, who led the NFL with 36 touchdown passes, but Jordan Love was not far behind there himself with 32. And this offense, to your point, just seems to be clicking at a different level and they're peaking and they're playing their best football right now. So Cowboys were laying seven and a half points. Now we see it at just that flat touchdown total 50 and a half, 65% of bets, but 80% of money sweating the over and I am likely going to be one of those people as well how about this Lions Rams game Michael I I was so excited when we finally got the matchups because we knew it was possible to have Stafford against his former team where he is the Lions all-time leading passer spent 12 years of his career there it's where it all started but he won that Super Bowl with the Rams and Jared Goff feeling like a cast off in that trade, a trade that ultimately worked out, we know, for both teams, but a hungry Lions squad, so much so that even local Detroit rapper Eminem is out here pleading to Matt Stafford, man, I rapped for you in the Super Bowl. We supported you when you got yours. Just give us this. The Lions looking for their first playoff win since 92.
3: Well, I mean, look, these games always come down to the the short yardage plays, the kicking game. Remember last year's Super Bowl, right? Last year's Super Bowl was determined by the Chiefs' ability to have two returns. I mean, that that both of those returns uh The Super Bowl return and the divisional championship or the conference championship return won the game for the Chiefs. And so this is where Anthony mentioned this on when he broke the game down. But the, the Rams are the worst kicking game team in the league. And why is that? Because they have no depth. Right. They have no depth. Their best players are their young players and they don't have anybody behind them. And so if somebody gets hurt in the game, that's a problem. And they've got to be able to run the football. And Williams has been sensational. But if he's not playing or if he gets hurt, they don't have that run game. And we've seen them go on the road – In those tough environments, Dallas Stafford got hurt, right? They went to Cincinnati. What happened in Cincinnati was Alrick Jackson got hurt. He had to come out of the game. They had to put Bloom in. Now Bloom's hurt. So if they lose any of these offensive linemen, then Detroit gains a significant advantage. Now, if they stay healthy, you've got a master game planner in Sean McVay who's going to do a lot of good things on how to attack the Aaron Glenn defense. Aaron Glenn's defense is rooted in the New Orleans Saints principles. And we know McVay does a good job against the Dennis Allen. Style of defense. But what what they can't do, what the Lions can't do, is allow McVay to have running game working for him. He opens the Baltimore game on the road, and he runs nine straight runs, and he runs the football effectively. That's set up the entire day. That's set up the entire day. And this day is going to be set up on his ability to run the ball, run his boots, move the pocket. Don't let Hutchinson get a read on where he's going to be and strike down the field on his over-routes and play-action pass stuff. And that could be a problem for the Lions, who don't cover in the back end very well.
4: Well, and also, Michael, how much do you value recent form? Because similar to what we were talking about with the Green Bay Packers and kind of the success and the way they've been clicking and peaking down the stretch, feels like the Rams have had that type of back end of the season, too, where they're just playing at a high level. This was a team at the beginning of the year that people thought could be playing for being one of the worst teams in the league this year, and they've gone on to have the success that they have.
3: Well, they're seven and one since their bye week, right? They're seven and one since their bye, and the one loss was Baltimore in overtime on the punt return. You know, and they put 31 yeah. points on Baltimore. So, like, this is a team that's playing their best football, and Stafford is playing. Don Martindale said it at his press conference when they played when they played the Giants. He's playing at, at, at an MVP level. Now they turned the ball over against the Giants. They gave up a punt return against the Giants for a touchdown to to uh, Gunner Olszewski. Osh- excuse me. They gave that up to him. So there's you can make plays, and the Giants were able to run the football well enough. And that allowed them to have a little bit of success with Tyrod Taylor throwing the football. When they go on the road defensively, you know, they are very well coached. Raheem Morris does a great job. I, I really believe he should get a head coaching job based on his ability to develop young talent around this team. But he's gotta be able to hold up against the run because Detroit much like the Rams, want to run the football to set up their play action. They know Goff, if he gets into a drop-back pass or it becomes a pressure game, Goff doesn't respond. He doesn't play as fast as he needs to play. And when you look at this team, when they play against physical fronts, like Pittsburgh, who beat them at home, the Cowboys who beat them, Stafford got hurt in that game, Philadelphia beat them at home when they were playing well, it's because the front of their team, of their opponent, is winning the game. And that's where Detroit has to win the game.
4: Michael, I got to ask, what did Danny O do now that you had Orlovsky on the brain?
3: <laughs> uh, well, what, uh, what doesn't he do? I mean, you know, who's he going to promote? For, I mean, I'm sure Tua played well in that game when we get his film breakdown tomorrow. I'm sure it's going to be he played perfectly and that, you know, everybody else is wrong, you know, but we'll see. It, I don't know. Sometimes it just I just shake my head and go forward. It's all good. Everybody's entitled to opinion, though. That's we do know that no question. It just doesn't happen to be right.
4: Right, wrong, or indifferent. Everybody's entitled to it. Love our amendment rights. Uh, Last thing here, the the total for this game opened at 52 and it hadn't really budged until today, despite the majority of the money being on the over. Does that tell you anything?
3: Yeah, I I mean, look, I think to me, when both teams run the ball as much as they do, it ticked up to 53, I see, and 52 and a half in some places. That tends to reduce the clock. I mean, look at yesterday. Neither team in the Houston in the Houston-Cleveland game, really could run the football effectively. And then you get those one-play strikes, which really kicks the over total. I-, I lean a little towards the over here, but 52 starts to get into some areas where, wait a minute, that, yeah. that doesn't seem right. Whereas in a Dallas-Green Bay game, the over, because you know Dallas is going to keep scoring, and you know Green Bay is going to, what Anthony says is true, that back door is going to be open for Green Bay.
4: Uh-oh, Michael, you got me thinking. I might need to tease some totals today. Going to get there wild. Go.
3: There you go. There she is. <laughs>
4: (laughs) I can't stop. We got Chris Sims coming up next. Get some of his big takeaways from yesterday and look ahead to tonight's action.
1: This is the Lombardi line with former NFL executive, Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Stormy Bonatoni on v the sports betting network.
4: DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL postseason, is bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs that much more electric. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. All you gotta do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use our code VEGAS only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Use that code VEGAS, V-E-G-A-S. The crown is yours. Michael Lombardi and Stormy Tony with you as we welcome you back to the Lombardi line on v and DraftKings Network. Excited to welcome into the program Chris Sims, former NFL NFL quarterback, Pro Football Talk Live co-host, in-studio analyst for Football Night in America and the Chris Sims Unbuttoned Podcast because he doesn't do enough. Welcome in, Chris. How are you today?
2: Oh, I'm well. Thank you so much. I appreciate you pubbing all those things. You know, it is. It's a a little bit of a a long list there, but certainly working hard, loving football. And it's a great time of year right now in the playoffs.
4: Yep. And we got off to a, a good start yesterday, too. Go ahead, Michael.
3: No, I was just going to ask him, I mean, you know, what was your first reaction watching the Cleveland game and Houston? You know, I, everybody knows how well Stroud played, but the, the defense of Cleveland, which wouldn't didn't play well on the road and how right. they played in that game. What was your reaction? Like you, you just didn't. I mean, I know it was bad, but I didn't see it being that bad. No way. No way. I I, I mean, listen,
2: I'm, I thought Cleveland would win the football game. I think Cleveland had a super bowl defense, right? That's what I kind of, I said, they give me shades of the 2015 Broncos. A lot of times I was saying over the last month, but the problem and, and, and to me, Mike, and I don't know if you agree with this, but one of the things that I kept saying about Cleveland was They can't be so aggressive all the time. Like it's okay to give up a five yard completion every now and then, right? Sometimes you just got to bend a little bit instead of letting up the 60 yard touchdown post and, and then going, Oh no. Right, And that's, to me, was their Achilles heel throughout the year, whether it was letting Joe Flacco be too aggressive and lose with the football, which came back to bite him in the butt yesterday, or every defensive call is like, we're not going to let you get a yard. We're going to make you lose yards every play. And you know, within that, and a quarterback that's hot and a good offensive coordinator that's slow, he drew up some good plays and said, okay, you want to be this aggressive? Then we're going to put you back in your place. And I just was shocked that Cleveland came out with that, such a strong mindset that way and didn't feel it out a little bit first and go, wait, maybe this guy who's been under Shanahan might have a few game plan shots on us and they might change something from that first matchup. Let's feel it out a little bit, but instead they were meatheads and went from the kill right from the start as usual.
4: So then what what surprised you more than maybe the struggles that the Cleveland Browns had yesterday or conversely in the later game that this Miami Dolphins offense that's been the top scoring unit all season long ends up scoring one touchdown on its final 16 offensive possessions, seven points in a 26 to seven loss to Kansas City.
2: Yeah, I I will say I'm, I'm more surprised with the Cleveland game than I would be with the Dolphins one. Uh, I know you work with this crazy guy named Mike Lombardi that's over there next to you, but him and I probably share a lot of thoughts about the Dolphins, Tua, their inability. Like, this is the problem with Tua. Can he ever, is he ever going to be able to play in cold weather football? I think that's why the last regime, Brian Flores and all of them, were looking to trade and get another quarterback. You know, he's got a below average NFL arm as is now to play in five degree weather with a little wind. You saw the ball last night. I mean, it took 10 seconds to get to every receiver on the football field, let alone, I think the big thing with Miami is just that there's a grittiness and a toughness that hasn't been there all year. Any game that got ugly and a team that had a good defensive coordinator that can match wits with McDaniel and they can play physical and tough up front. Miami, other than the Dallas game, who also kind of has that same problem, right? To, To me, that's where, oh no, it's a phone booth game. It's a physicality game. It's not a track me. And that's where Kansas City made that game like that last night. And of course, it was all in their favor.
3: All in their favor. Couldn't agree more. Okay, let's spin it today. Dallas offense, great. On at, on at home, where their line gets a little bit of a break, they don't get the rush when they get on the road, they play better. Green Bay's offense, right. I think, has been spectacular in the last three weeks. Yep. You know, But you're always haunted by Joe Barry's defense against Tommy DeVito and against Bryce Young. What's your thoughts on this game? Do you think Green Bay can pull the first upset of a 7 seed to a 2 seed?
2: I, I think there's a chance, right? I, I picked Dallas to win the game, but it was one of those where I clarified, like, if there's an upset to happen this weekend that kind of comes out of nowhere, this would have been the one I would have chose. I worry about the first thing you said, right, Joe Barry? The defense. I mean, Green Bay's had some moments this year where you're just like, oh my gosh, this is bad. I'll say this, Mike McCarthy, basic West Coast offense, a lot of those rules and plays. Joe Barry grew up around that offense, around John Gruden and a bunch of other West coast guys to where I feel like he, he he should know some of the rules within that offense. And we know Dallas's offense isn't necessarily real creative to me, but it's aggressive. And of course, Dak and Ceedee lamb are really good and Pollard's good and they got weapons there, but it's not like you watch it and go, Ooh, wow, this is crazy. This is really creative. I'm amazed by that. So maybe green Bay can slow it down to a degree as far as the Dallas attack. The other side of the ball, Mike, is where I do find interesting because you said it. I mean, the offense was on fire a little bit through November. Then they went through that Giants-Bucks little, you know, slip up there and then caught fire again. They're very creative. They got a big offensive line. They can run the ball. We always talk about, right, Dallas, they're small up front. And when you're big up front, they're compromised a little bit. And that makes them have to put a lot of people at the line of scrimmage. And Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur, they're not afraid to call downfield shots with these receivers they got. And if they get man-to-man a lot, then Christian Watson, his health today, that'll be interesting to see. But Jaden Reed and those other guys, I think there's going to be some plays there to be had by this Green Bay offense.
4: Yeah, Christian Watson, it appears, going to try to work out that hamstring on the field pregame, but optimism that he can go. Chris Sims, former NFL quarterback, turned analyst on NBC, joining us here on the Lombardi line. But let's say that happens. Let's say that the Green Bay Packers have a lot of success today. They beat the Dallas Cowboys. How epic of a failure is that for this team, the way that they have performed this year in the Dallas Cowboys?
2: Yeah, I mean, that would be a huge disappointment. Super Bowl aspirations, right? I understand that. Now I will say, listen, you know, it's the Super Bowl aspirations. They're clearly one of the better teams in the NFC. I do question how good the NFC is. I really think the 49ers are the only special football team, right? I don't know Super Bowl teams that lose 31 to 10 on the road in the middle of December. Uh, that, that that to me was a little concerning when when Dallas lost to Buffalo that way. But yeah, the pressure's on Mike McCarthy. We know that Dallas has high expectations. They got a crazy owner and. You know, from people I know around football and all that, it seems like, you know, maybe Bill Belichick and that whole thing may be in play if they decide to get rid of Mike McCarthy after all of this. So uh, a lot of pressure is a big one, especially against his old team in Green Bay.
3: You know, we, we both love Sean McVay's ability to devise a game plan, and Ben Johnson's done a great job at Detroit. How, how do you feel like can the Rams run the ball on a very good Detroit front today? I think they can,
2: Uh, you know, we know Detroit there, they are stout up front. Like you're saying, Mike, I kind of just go like this. I go, if you can run the ball, 10 straight plays against the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore and go down the field like that, then I think you can run the ball against anybody. That's kind of my justification of it. Right. But I do love what McVay's doing with the Rams. You know, I mean they they've kinda said, Hey, we're gonna play through the run game, we're gonna be physical that way. They got a different O line than they've had in years past. It's bigger, there's more road graders on there. I think Kyron Williams is the best running back in football, not named Christian McCaffrey. I think he's special, right? I, I'm interested, Mike. Do the Rams go, Hey, let's just get in a shootout and move the ball up and down the field and, and just see what happens and we'll we'll see where it goes, because I think Detroit's offense is gonna move the ball on this Rams defense too, or does Or the Rams take the approach of, let's run the ball, let's protect our defense a little bit, and let's be a little more surgical and methodical and keep the Lions offense off the field. That, to me, is one of the big questions or interesting things I'm I'm excited to see about tonight.
4: And it is the the highest total on the board for the the weekend, 52 and a half. Let's stick in the NFC, Chris. Are the Eagles broken?
2: They're 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 not I'm not going to say they're broken, but they're hanging on by a thread right now. They are. I mean, it's it's a team that certainly is not anything special schematically when you break them down. And then I think even though they're one of the most physically gifted football teams in football, I don't care who you are. You know, when you play like that down the stretch, they're, they're I think their mentality is they, they have self-doubt right now. Right. They got no mojo or confidence going into this football game, let alone they're a little beat up and no A.J. Brown, who's, you know, of course, a a huge difference maker for their football team. So, you know, I don't want to say broken, still dangerous, but I don't see like a legit serious Super Bowl type of run from this Philadelphia team. They can lose to anybody, as we know. I mean, they were dominated by the Giants and the Cardinals the last two weeks of the season. Like dominated. So we'll see if they can bounce back. They have championship merit, but they miss those coordinators. That's the biggest thing that's the difference with the Eagles when I mean, no Shane Steichen and no Jonathan Gannon.
3: Yeah, I mean, and they can't stop the run. I mean, let, let, you no. go over the last half of the season, for as good as they were last year, you couldn't run the ball on them. I mean, you can run the ball on them. They're 20th in the league in yards per attempt rushing, and I don't know championship-level teams that can't stop the run and are, are 31st in the league in yards allowed passing.
2: That, that, that's exactly right, right? I mean, there's just a few things we believe in, and I don't know a championship team that loses five out of six going into the playoffs that doesn't happen so you know we'll see where that all goes
4: you are awesome thank you so much for doing this we appreciate you thank you
2: anytime guys enjoy the weekend enjoy the games guys see you later
0: there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table
1: This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on vSEN, the sports
3: betting network.
4: Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. You'll get unlimited access to our VEASAN.com slash picks page. We know you love the picks. Our guy Anthony DeBundo of the Action Network gave out a cue bangers today. He likes the Packers and Cowboys over 50 and a half, as well as the Rams plus the points. You'll get his picks as well as all of our hosts and guest selections every single day when you become a VEASAN Pro subscriber. Plus, if you use our promo code for the Lombardi line, you'll get 10% off of that annual subscription. Promo code Lombardi. This is the Lombardi. line on visa and DraftKings network michael lombardi and stormy bonantoni wrapping things up on this sunday edition of the program and you know i mentioned the debundo picks there specifically michael because when we had him on the program in hour one you asked him okay the rams it seems like a lot of people are liking taking the points with the rams are you nervous about it you too are on the los angeles rams today so how are you feeling about that pick
3: I'm really nervous about it, but I you know when you sit there and you break the game down, right, and you say, okay, here's how I handicap the game. I really like McVeigh. I like him calling offense against Aaron Glenn's defense. I really think that that the 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 Lions will move the ball, but I like Raheem Morris's ability to adjust in game. And I think he does a really good job. And I think there's enough plays that they can kind of get away with. And they've played better defense down the stretch here. So I just didn't see a path where I felt really comfortable with the coach and the quarterback on the Lions as opposed to the coach and the quarterback on the Rams. And if I'm going to pick somebody, I'm taking the points, right? I'm going to take the points. And I I would have liked it to be 3.5, although I do think in these games – as we witnessed last night, you know, the the spread doesn't matter. Just pick the winner and usually that comes through for you, which it did yesterday. Uh, So I kind of lean lean that way. I just think the Rams, what what Sim said about playing well going in, Green Bay's playing well going in. The Rams have played well going in, understanding they went back to New York, they stubbed their toe, then they rested all their players. But they have a great identity of who they are offensively now, and they have a rhythm to their offense. And I'm going to take Stafford in in this game to make enough plays. And I just think this from a coordinator standpoint, point i lean that way so why not take the points but again i am nervous because i think when we're all thinking alike no one's thinking
4: Fred is three. If you do think that they could get the outright win, plus 140, your price on the money line. So bet $100, win 140. Rams have won seven of their last eight games since the bye week and have covered four straight against teams with winning records. All four of those games, by the way, have also gone over. Highest total on the board, though, this weekend at 52 and a half with this game. How much do you take into account environment? First home playoff game in Ford Field. These Lions fans have been wanting and waiting for this moment for a really, really long time 1992 yeah. their last playoff win which is the only one they've had since 1957 like how rocking do you think that building will be early
3: well I think it's going to be loud and it's hard to play in that you, you know as fans when you're watching a game in a dome and the dome is loud you don't feel the sense of urgency that you feel when you're in the stadium and you're playing everything seems to be moving way faster because of the crowd noise, because of oh my gosh, we got to get going, and it does benefit the Lions. I mean, look, let's face it: Golf indoors is thirty-five and sixteen ATS, right? He's twenty-five and eight against the spread the last three seasons when he plays inside. So you know you're you're going to over you have to overcome those odds, which are really going to be tough to do. But the Rams do know Golf; they know what affects them; they know what bothers them. Right? They also know that they have the ability to create situations where he's not comfortable. And I think they've played so well, whereas I'm not sure the Lions have played as well. Since week 11, the, the Rams are 7-1 and one straight up and 6-2 and two against the spread. And their only loss was that six-pointer on the punt return, which worries me. Right, I'm worried about their kicking game and that, the, executing that. But I think, to me, there's enough there that you have to go with, with McVay especially as he moves into the season and he knows the defense.
4: One last question on this game, because Sam Laporta is somebody that Dan Campbell said might have an outside shot to play in this game. Seems like they're pretty optimistic he's going to give it a try. But wearing a knee brace after hyperextending his knee last week, how like I mean, he's been so important to what they do offensively. How do you think that might impact him on the field today?
3: Well, it's going to slow him down. He's not going to have the quickness or the separation in and out of the in and out of the breaks. Right. This guy's responsible for 48 first downs. Right. Right. His 82 receptions is the most for a rookie tight end in NFL history, you know. And so you have to go back to Gronk and Dicka where he's got as many touchdowns. So he's an impact on their offense. It's a little bit like why I was fading Minnesota late in the year because when Hawkinson got hurt, that safety valve was removed mm-hmm. from whomever was playing quarterback for the Vikings. And it proved to be true because without him, Jefferson isn't as good a player. And so to me, without Laporta, Amon I'm, I'm uh, Ross St. Brown isn't the same guy, right? And so he's their best receiver. I think to me this is going to be Raheem Morris is going to take a look, see what he looks like, how is he moving? Do we think we can cover him if we go man to man with our safeties? Fuller's not going to play for the Rams. He's out. So they're going to have to figure that one as they move forward, but they know where they know where Goff wants to throw the ball. They know the over routes. They know exactly what he's looking at and they know how to attack him because let's face it, McVay's scheme is what they're running in Detroit.
4: Yeah, and again, 53% of the handle taking the points with the Rams in this spot, 46% of bets, and we also see a pretty even 50-50 split when it comes to the money line betting on this game as well. Let's go to the earlier game of the day, Green Bay taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Seven-point spread there, and it seems like for for as many smart people that I know in the betting sphere that have said they think Green Bay could win this game outright, seven points maybe too many because we have seen that seven-and-a-half come down to the flat touchdown, 72% of the handle and 61% of bets are on the Dallas Cowboys to win and cover this game. 80% yeah. of money line bets lay in the big number with Dallas.
3: You know, it's funny, too, because I was hoping Sunday we would see a slight tick to six-and-a-half. Yeah. You know, which would tell me there's a lot of professional people coming in. And it seems to be staying right there with really no juice on the seven. And so I think there's great respect for the Cowboys. And, you know, look, this Packer, you can make the case that Jordan loves first game. And we know the numbers when you get into a first game for a young quarterback, right? I mean, we, although it was proven wrong, quarterbacks making their first start in the playoffs against quarterbacks with playoff experience are 17-35-1, 17-36. Now, Stroud proved that wrong. Tua didn't. And Jordan Love's going to face it today. So I think that's part of it. And the Cowboys offensive line does play better at home. And they can move the football effectively. But I think to me, both teams will move the ball because I don't know if any lead's safe in this game. I really don't. I really don't. And the Packers special teams are not good. And the Cowboys are very good. John Fossil does a really good job. And he always has a trick up his sleeve come playoff time. Fake punt, you know, some kind, something to create some confusion. And this Packers special teams have not been very good so far this year.
4: Okay, so I know that not a lot of folks really love teasing totals. I am not one yeah. of those people. And so...
3: <laughs> thoughts, there's not a teaser you won't face. Let's be we, clear. If
4: we could put these two games together, because we think in both of them there's going to be a lot of points scored, maybe the the Rams-Lions game a little bit more dicey just because the number is so high. What if we bring Rams-Lions down to 47-ish, Packers-Cowboys down to 44 and a half? Like... Overs on those that's, thoughts?
3: Yeah, it seems like that's too easy, right? And again, I agree with you. I would do that. I think that's a – I can't see these games being back and forth unless there's a lot of turnover. And the one thing we do know, it, it, say the Cowboys get a lead, you know, say they're up 31 to 14 and midway through the third quarter. The Packers are going to score and the Cowboys are going to let them score and the Cowboys are going to keep trying to score. You, you know, so I, 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 the Cowboys never shut it off. They keep going. And you look at their scores and you look at their point differential, they, they just keep moving the football. I mean, when they played the Rams, what was it, in week, in week eight? I mean, they put 43 on them and didn't slow down. Yep. And the Rams had 20. You know, you go through most of their games and you look at it and they're going to get over the 50 total when you look at it. Now, you know, when they played the Patriots or the Jets, that didn't happen. But when they played teams with good offenses – you know, they 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 move the football. They keep moving the ball. I mean, look, the Panther game in Carolina was at 43. You don't think, you know, this game's going to get to 44 if you tease it down?
4: I do. But I like what you said, that it always, when when you put it that way, it looks too easy. But I think that's probably what I'm going to end up doing. I might do a six-and-a-half-point teaser, too, to just even get that little extra extra nugget there. Uh, before we go, how many times on the broadcast do you think that we're going to mention Mike McCarthy's job security?
3: Oh, my God. It's going to be the constant theme of the day. (laughs) How many shots? And every time they mention it, they're going to go to jury and they're going to show you a picture of jury. And then, you know, that's going to be the theme. But this is really a chess match. I think you got to pay attention to the in-game adjustments and the second one, too, because those are going to determine the game, the outcome, how these coaches adjust during the game.
4: No question. I'm excited. I think we got two good ones on our hands today, and then we'll have another doubleheader to wrap up Super Wild Card Weekend tomorrow. Make sure you join us once again on the Lombardi Line, where we'll be breaking it all down on Monday. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Bonantoni. Good luck with your best, and we will see you again tomorrow.
1: Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. Twenty-one plus only. Must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call one eight hundred Gambler.
5: I'm Katya Adler, host of the Global Story. Over the last twenty-five years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.